Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Tuesday, April 14th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts, reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. I know that it helps me. I know that it helps Lawrence. And I know two other people, at least, it helps. So please keep keep sending them in. (laughs) (laughs) Email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, your elementary school best friend, your frenemy from junior high. We want these stories to be heard. We also know that uh, (laughs) part of what's keeping us together as humans is sharing this experience, no matter what the experience is. So, Yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about the power of storytelling. And I think it's a world that we all live in and we all know, even as producers. And it, it helps. It's healing. It brings us together. And so share it, rate it, review it, and let's come together as a community. Christian, today we're chatting with Andy Wilcox. He is from a company called Evidence of Industry, which is a pop-up production department for agencies and clients. Very excited to hear what that means. I know that the moment that I heard Andy was going to do our show, that to get his perspective, because he deals directly with clients and agencies, Mm -hmm. he uh, has his finger on the pulse, as they say. He does. All right, it's Tuesday. How you doing, Lawrence? (laughs) (laughs) You first. You always want to start with me. Well, there's times when I've really busted in on my shit, but you go, please, let me me know, uh, how are you today, Lawrence? I'm okay. I feel like I'm living in bizarre world all of a sudden. I mean, I know we have been for four weeks, but I know we don't want to get political, but the White House press conference (laughs) yesterday was... I think there's no hope of that after last night. (laughs) Literally something out of a Saturday Night Live skit. It was just... I don't know if you saw it, if you read about it. I saw every moment of it. I I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. So I saw it happen, and I turned it off, and then I just read recaps. But it's just— As much as I did not want to watch it, I was just, like, completely in disbelief a little bit. And I don't know why it keeps surprising me. And I hate it when I say, can you believe this? And they're just like, oh, well, it's been happening. No, like, this is—like, it's happened in such— small increment of the ramping up that it's you know it's like boy (laughs) sorry for you vegans out there it's like throwing (laughs) it's like if you put a frog (laughs) in a cold water he'll never know once it starts (laughs) boiling because that's just kind of what's happening right now this is a (sighs) this is pretty big i don't know if you've seen any of the texts today either no (laughs) How he's what do you mean, text? (laughs) no the the tweets where where he's calling governors mutinous now, forgive me if I'm wrong. He turned all of this over to the governors because he said it's their job. We'll support you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not our job to help They're to just the supply all this. They're just the backup. We're your safety net. And now it's like, well, they've yeah. been mutinous and <laughs> going rogue on their own. It's like, what? It's premium manipulation. It's wild. And, and, Politics aside, just the hope and need deep in my soul for some sort of leadership and mm-hmm. path forward and exit strategy and medical information and statistics mm-hmm. numbers, it's so absent. And I, 
am feeling it in my soul today, and it's so scary. Our governor came out and said that, you know, the Western states have a pact. Yes. California, Oregon, Washington, we've made a pact. We're writing our own plan on how to get out of this and, yes. and how to open up the economy and all that. And as heartening as that does feel and as, as positive as that feels for me, and, and Governor Newsom's going to announce all the details of it today, mm-hmm. it still is just so bizarre a world that these three states have a pact. Right. I love it. I'm all for it. Western America, sign me up. But it's just so strange. It is so strange that it has to come to this. We over here in the Northeast came out with a pact as well. But that's starting to feel Mm -hmm. as though it's us against them, which I never want. I was watching last night, watching the press conference, and I was thinking to myself, like, he speaks with such, he meaning, you know, the the big guy. (laughs) He speaks with such conviction as if he is completely and totally right I could see where somebody could buy into that crap. And that's oh, all politics 100%. considered. <laughs> I didn't put oh, it yeah. I didn't put politics <laughs> aside on that one. So I mean, I feel the same way you do this morning. I'm feeling pretty um just, you know, scared that we're gonna open up too early and it's not going to be right. Also mm-hmm. on the <laughs> flip side, hopeful that we're going to open up early and that it works. And both of those things are struggling with each other, and they wouldn't be if we had some sort of leadership and unified message. Exactly. I wrote something down because Governor Cuomo was having his press conference, and I got caught up in it this morning, and I ran a little late, Mm. so I apologize. I do think, well, thank you, but I do think that it's important because he said something important. He said this. So he went to Catholic school. Of course he did. And he said he remembers seeing a poster on the wall, and he never got it until this moment. And it said, suppose they gave a war and nobody came. Mm. And that's how he's going to handle the incoming from, you know, the administration. Mm -hmm. They're -hmm. they're trying, they're poking, they're trying to start a fight, they're trying to make an enemy so that they get reelected, all those things. And Cuomo's yep. rising above it. And he's just saying, non pa. Yeah, refuse to engage. And that will, That's I mean, smart. I can tell That's you smart. that the thing that I know angers the majority of the bullies that I've dealt with in my oh, time yeah. is ignorance. <laughs> is yeah, like not absolutely. giving them the energy or the fuel to be who they are. So oh, I'm so fucking tired of turning the other cheek. But it seems that, yeah. you know, rising above is what we're going with for now so i'm behind it we will see other than that i have a little back thing kitten prep's happening Uh, (laughs) kitten prep (laughs) so to get to get on to more important things so fucking excited 11 a.m on thursday they come kittens it's gonna be great so (laughs) and had fresh fish for dinner last night as much as this is a tedious exercise in mental health (laughs) that's going on right now uh settled into a bit of a routine at this point week four yeah 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 well i have a couple of news things i want to share i saw on instagram farm league do you know that company production company here in venice i don't I mean, there's so um, many, but I don't, mean so to many. Do, I don't mean to say that. No, but, there's yeah. so many, but they're good. I see a lot of their work, so they do a lot of big jobs, and uh-huh. a lot. Of, it's all very kind of outdoorsy, car Ooh. commercials, rugged terrain, camping stuff, you know, some good work. Yeah, some fun stuff. They released a work manual, an adaptive film solution. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's on LinkedIn. It's a PDF. It's like a 10-page pitch deck. 
you know, it's kind of what we were talking about with Michael Ritchie from Revolver in Australia. Michael. Except they did it on their own. You right. know, they didn't they didn't join forces with any other production company. What it says is page by page, simple kind of bite-sized concepts of how we can start working together. And it says, you know, production has changed more in the last three weeks than anyone could have ever imagined. But as filmmakers, we are natural innovators. Pushing boundaries and experimenting is a part of our daily routine. It goes on to say storytelling comes first, which mm-hmm. is something we talked about in episode two, which was the very first of our COVID series of episodes when we pivoted. Mm-hmm. It was called The Power of Storytelling. And that's kind of what this is speaking to. It says, good storytelling is grounded in honest human experiences and helps bring us closer together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really impactful. And then it goes on to talk about collaboration. Collaboration's key. Limitations don't mean sacrificing your vision. Limitations actually can help you, inspire you to do something new and different. Right. And their directors are ready and available to work remotely from home with everything that they have at their home. That's animals, people, views, city, whatever. And they're also pitching remote viewing for agencies, transmitting some sort of video village to them so they can watch remotely. And, of course, a healthy dose of safety. So I thought that was interesting that they put that out. It looks great. It's on LinkedIn. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's all the stuff we've been talking about. No new Mm -hmm. discoveries there. But it's one company that's making moves to... Taking the initiative to... Taking the initiative to mm -hmm. make something happen and get the conversation going. Yes, and also, too, like um, giving those out there who are feeling like they want to do something, maybe a toolbox to do it with. So, Christian, you sent me an article yesterday. I did. And this one is really interesting. Live concerts won't return this is the headline live concerts won't return until fall 2021 at the earliest health experts warn and this makes sense to I mean, me and to I me that makes is, sense yeah is this kind of part of i think why i'm you know feeling like i'm in bizarro world you know i've got a cache of concert tickets that i can't get refunds for <laughs> and who knows when they're going to perform again according to Zeke Emanuel director of the healthcare transformation institute at the University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it is. I have no idea what that means right. or who that is. He was part of an expert panel assembled by the New York Times mm-hmm. on life after the pandemic. And he says, the problem is you can't just flip a switch and open the whole of society right. back up. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. It's too much. The virus will definitely flare back to mm-hmm. worse levels. One person. Yeah, exactly. So... Large-scale gatherings such as conferences, sports events, live concerts won't be safe to attend until fall 2021 Mm -hmm. at the earliest, according to him. Mm -hmm. Which is, as my logical brain knows, Mm -hmm. makes sense. Right. Is this hurts my heart a bit? <laughs> well, yes, and I and I do think that we've seen again with the amount of experts that are out there currently, we've seen a range of opinions, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, we could consider this, this one, one being the extreme, or it could you know be the nail on the head one. We don't know yet, but the beginning of the discussions allow us yeah. to get used to the idea that we're mm-hmm. not going to be doing these activities for a while. And I do yeah. think that it's important to get it out there. It may be, again, worst case scenario, but it also makes me leery to go out and do big things with groups of yeah. people. Yeah, confidence in in safety has to be there. And that's going to be a while before we have that Before again. I can trust somebody else who said, yes, I'm fine. Like, I know what I'm doing. 
right? Yeah. And I would trust myself to go to something because I'm I know exactly what I'm doing and what I've been exposed to. I have no idea what they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's just food for thought because I think this is the beginning of the discussions of us, whatever our life is moving forward. These are the discussions of how it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I totally. think it's important. During all this madness, I was beating a experiential project yeah. and you know, there was talk of like, oh, we're going to push it maybe to August, September. And I was just like, even that first week, I was like, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I don't see how that's possibly going to happen. And he even said it, you know, people are saying they're going to reschedule conferences at graduation events for October 2020. And this guy, Zeke Emanuel, says, I have no idea how they even think that's plausibly possible. I think those things will be the last to return realistically wow. fall 2021. Yeah. So. I know a lot of people are disappointed that they did not get to celebrate those things the way that they thought they were going to. But those people are also have their lives and hopefully their health. So uh, the trade-off, I feel, is hurtful, but also positive. Yeah. So yesterday we had a viewer question that was sent to us via email. And um, it was Erica Monhey. She was asking about what sick leave in California means and what employees can do yes so lawrence did research on it thank you very much lawrence since i'm here in california yeah and we have a detail of how it's accrued what my question i guess still is can an employee use california paid sick leave due to the covid illness yes the california sick leave thing is something that what started in july 1st of 2015 it's a California state sick leave right. package mm-hmm. that you accrue hours and they bank sick leave. I think at the most 24 hours is what you can bank and it rolls over into the next year. You don't get a build on top of that, but you carry that 24 hours with you until you need it. I see. A, I'll put a link in, in the show notes as to how that time is accrued. It's by employer. So your employer is, as we know on film shoots, the payroll company. That is your employer of record. See, after I read this, that's what I was wanting. That's it. Go on. That's the key. Yeah, That's your employer of record. So Mm -hmm. each employer that you work for is paying into this bank, this fund, Mm -hmm. a sick leave fund. And, you know, I know we talked about this yesterday. You might have some sick leave with with several different, you know, if you've got entertainment partners, if you've got cast and crew, if you've got media services, you might. I don't know that to be fact. Got it. But since it's per employer, I think you might have a few hours at different payroll companies. So you might want to check all your pay stubs or call them. So to answer your question, and I found another website that I'll put, can employees use California paid sick leave due to COVID-19 illness? And it says yes. If the employee has paid sick leave available, the employer must provide such leave and compensate the employee under the California sick leave laws. Paid sick leave, this is important, can be used for absences due to illness, the diagnosis, care, or treatment of an existing health condition, or preventative care for the employee Mm -hmm. or the employee's family members. And under these new COVID-19 guidelines, preventative care may include self-quarantine as a result of potential exposure to COVID-19 if quarantine is recommended by civil authorities. So I don't know what that entails. But it sounds like you can take advantage of this California paid sick leave if you've been exposed and maybe you just need to 
tell a doctor you've been exposed and they will tell you to self-quarantine. Right. Well, when Erica and I were speaking about it, because I didn't know anything, but I was walking down in theory what it was and I would sit it and she was like, her big thing was, well, then it seems that people who are self-quarantining or people who are staying home, this counts. And I was like, ah, so yes, it looks like it does. I I think that every person out there, now I don't have any accrued. So what I'm going to do is next, contact some freelance folks that I have, probably Rick and Taryn, and just be like, please call and find out if you can take this money. It does say, for example, where there has been an exposure to COVID-19 or where the worker has traveled to a high-risk area. But L.A. is on such a lockdown right now, right? Yeah. I mean, that is a civil authority saying that you should do it or you're going to get sick. Yeah, that's true. That's where I the interpretation is now. When we first started this, you know, a month ago, force majeure, in my opinion, should have been able to be used for this situation, meaning not for sick pay for individuals, but for jobs. No, 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 for jobs. Exactly. Just. I mean, it was my opinion because I've used force majeure a couple of times for government shutdowns for various reasons. So, but the insurance companies, (laughs) what it seemed (laughs) that happened was after our research was they banded together and was like, well, no, we're just not going to pay them. We're going to say that you could have prevented this. Right. Right. You saw it coming. (laughs) <laughs> right. Like we were getting conflicting information, but sure, we saw it coming. I would like to see if there's a difference between each payroll company and what yeah. they're saying or what the thing is. You know what? I know Steve Biznoff over at uh, Media Services quite well. I'm going to shoot him an email. And I know Susan Ruit and- Anderson mm-hmm. was speaking to her payroll company as well. So I wonder if she's found any information. Oh, you know what? We should do a check-in. Yeah, we will. Okay. So I like it. Take action, buddy. No rent NYC happening. Sign the petition. We need to figure out what we're going to do because nobody's going to be working in April. Just is what it is. Exactly. It is what it is. And I've seen more activity outside of just New York City. Some other petitions as well floating around saying, look, if we are not allowed to work these three months, we should not have to pay rent. Same with mortgages. It's a tricky topic. And um, so, yeah. That petition is on our website under the Take Action page. Yes. So go to producershappyhour.com, go to Take Action, sign that no rent in New York City petition. There's also the Live Events Coalition and their petition to gain visibility for the live events community. And based on that news article earlier, no live big shows until 2021. There needs to be some sort of federal aid for that. Donate blood. I had my appointment scheduled. It got rescheduled because the site where I was... Got shut down for whatever reason. So still trying. I'm, uh, you know, as soon as I can, going to get out there and donate blood. They need blood. I don't know if anyone's yes. seen any of the campaigns on, they're all over now because, oh. yeah, blood is needed. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the campaigns. Well, here in is New it, York, I think it's really needed. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're in, yeah. we're in a blood crisis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing on our Take Action page is a petition to save the United States Post Office This is something that's going on behind the scenes during all this COVID craziness. Some members of Congress are trying to privatize the post office, which means your $3 to get your medication sent to your home or one of your loved ones could be $15 by the end of this year if they are successful in defunding the post office and shutting it down and privatizing it. And the other big aspect of that is it will severely impact vote by mail, which we now know is really important. The president can do it. He says he's allowed. 
He can vote by mail. We should all be able to. We should all be able to to vote by mail. Yeah. If it's safe for him, it should be safe for us. As long as it's run by the USPS and not some private entity that has special interests. Honestly, uh, just look at private colleges and private prisons if you want any kind of comparison. So (laughs) don't forget about Globetop's. Kids, if you have a spare laptop or device that's hanging around, please donate it. This will allow a child in New York City to be able to school from home. And we have no idea what next year is going to look like yet. I think it's very important that we give these kids all the tools that they can in order to succeed. Yes. And I have a new one I'm going to add to the Take Action page. This is from the International Documentary Association. They published a filmmaker's guide to applying for U.S. coronavirus relief. So it's documentary.org slash creators slash COVID-19. And on that page, it's very useful. So even non-documentary people, I suggest everyone go look at it because it's Mm -hmm. very helpful, full of information. The project is a collaboration between Firelight Media, IDA, and ITVS. And what is on that page is a very familiar chart. I think we have it posted in different formats, but it breaks down unemployment, the payroll protection plan, the EIDL grants, and explains them all in a very easy-to-read chart. And then it's got 100 Q&As. What? Frequently asked questions. So, you know, click on them. I'm sure you can probably find answers to your questions there. It's a really helpful page. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. I mean, I'm going to do that the moment we're done. All right, should we get on with our interview? Uh, Yes. Okay. Andy Wilcox worked as an agency producer for 24 years, starting at BBDO, then became head of production at Nitro. He has owned his own production pop-up department company, Evidence of Industry, for the last 10 years. What exactly is a pop-up production department? Well, a pop-up production department (laughs) allows traditional agencies and marketers to scale around a project when they need it, without the long-term commitments and expense usually involved to engage in the best talent. Let's take a listen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Andy. We really appreciate it. So we'd love to find out how you're doing personally, how check in on you, how's your family. Actually, where do you where do you live? I live in uh, New York, the Upper West Side. Actually, interesting uh, because you know I'm here in Bushwick. So great, we know where each other is. Um, And so, how are you doing? Like you're staying in, all that stuff. Yeah, staying in, all good. You know, it's crazy because it's uh, in my building, there's probably about 300 apartments and uh, I'm I'm probably one of 20 apartments occupied. (laughs) Because everyone's on the, everyone went to East. Uh, Yeah, they've all gone or, you know, whatever. I live in a very old building. It's called the Ansonia. And Mm -hmm. it really, it reminds you of the shining and good days. So you can imagine what it's like with nobody around. (laughs) Mm, Sounds like a show. You could probably put some content out for that. (laughs) Yes, it could totally be a show. (laughs) Judging by the characters that live here, including myself. Well, I I know a lot of people who live in Manhattan also either have a house, you know, out east, Hamptons, Montauk, or whatever, or a house upstate. So a lot of people I know are out of the city right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To keep it even more desolate than it is. Yeah, actually. Actually, my, seems- my business partner is actually out in the Hamptons with her family right now. She also right. lives on the Upper West Side, but she has three kids and two dogs and the whole. Oh yeah, it needs a little space. Yeah, <laughs> so a little space for that. Yeah, she's out in Southampton right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, crazy. Besides that, you know, my family's great. We're all good. 
just Good. day Good. by day, you know, staying out of lines. Yeah, yeah. It's a line society now. <laughs> exactly. Andy, give us a little bit of background. I mean, I know we just read an introduction about you, but give us a little bit of background on you, yourself, and your career path, and how that all led to evidence of industry and everything up until the pandemic? Well, I came to New York 25, 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. I really had no idea what I wanted to do, other than I wanted to get into filmmaking of some kind. I was living down in the West Village, and I had I, my first job was working in the building that I was in, like helping a bookstore set up their first computer. And I would help, like, there was an actress that lived on the second floor, and I would collect dresses for her, and she would leave me money, and then, you know, just sort of like, n- things mm-hmm. like that. And I got to know the neighbors, and they got they talked to me about what I wanted to do, and they wanted to know about my background, and they basically said, you know, I really wanted to get into uh, movies, actually. They okay. said, you're poor, you need to work first, to do movies later. Mm-hmm. And they introduced me to people, and I had a job, like, within a month of being in the city. And That's fantastic. Really, yeah. And I started in editing. I started a company called Crew Cuts, which is still around. Mm-hmm. I oh, there yeah. for a little while. Yeah. And then I was hired as an assistant producer at BBDO. And right. I was at BBDO New York for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I left there, uh, freelanced for a little while, trying to figure out what I really wanted to do next. And then I had an offer to become head of production at a small agency mm-hmm. in Nitro. And I liked that idea because I'd come from a gigantic agency. So I wanted to figure that out, the small agency thing. And then from there, I was, it was bought by Sapient maybe five or six years. Oh, right. Yeah. Something like that. And it became a big place again. And I was like, I really didn't want to be in a big agency. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I saw a trend at the time where the industry was shifting and, and it was, do companies even want production departments full time anymore? And all that stuff. So I started a company with Erica Best, my business partner, and we started Evidence of Industry, which I've had now for 10 years. So explain the concept to us. You call it a pop-up production department. Yeah, so uh, like if a client calls, whether it's a small agency or it's a client directly, and they need to produce something. And uh, I tend to joke about it a bit. I tend to say that we're party planners, but I think a producer is a party planner. Yeah. yeah. It's true. <laughs> you know? We are. We're, we're an event planner. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think of it, so if I may, I think of it as like I'm the host on shoot days. And if I've done my job correctly, I can walk around to each department, see how they're doing. We're giving them snacks. Like it's just, it's a nice environment to be at. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. That's how I explain it to people who have no idea what we're doing. According to the Small Business Association for our disaster loan grant, yeah, the closest thing that we that could we find found, yeah. to register ourselves was event planners. Was event- <laughs> there's no producers. There's no media. Yeah. There's no there, entertainment. Event planners. Television, so film, so, nothing. So it was nothing. just under events. <laughs> sure. I wanted to click the um, adult entertainment thing if you saw. That. Oh, I wanted to oh. so bad <laughs> someday because we're all kind of figuring out what we're doing next, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, listen. Yeah. Well, so um, okay. So when thinking back, May thirteenth, right? Because now it's April thirteenth. Yeah. May thirteenth was a Friday, and that was the day that you know my job. We were supposed to film the next week a commercial in LA, and it canceled. Yeah. And that was the day that we were telling crew, like, sorry, but that was basically the week that we just kept hearing left and right that jobs were canceling mm-hmm. and yeah. or put on hiatus for two weeks and then we'll regroup. Yeah. <laughs> that was back when we yeah, still yeah. had some, you know, we weren't getting a full amount of like 
the full amount of information in order to assess the situation, right? Yeah. Did you have projects in the works during that time? Did you have cancellations? No, actually, what, what ha- was happening to me is I was coming off of a few projects, I'd finished them off kind of right in the, the nick of time, dare I say it that way. And then mm-hmm. I had two yeah. others that are starting up, and they still are starting up. But in those startups, it's mm-hmm. discussing what can be done and what can't be done. Yeah, um, exactly. For that particular client, they want to put something out there. It's just how do we do it at this point, knowing right. we can't film anything, you know, with a, a typical crew or anything like that. We're just looking at various ways to do that. Spent a lot of time, like honestly, remembering what it was like during nine eleven, the last time something crazy like mm-hmm. that happened, and uh, yeah. what did we do then? And I remember we stopped for a while. I do know that. I remember that. Yes, for, yes. For, you know, for maybe a few weeks. I don't think it was like this if memory serves, but uh, but then we started coming back with things, right? And um, yes. and then over the course of the next few years, it was interesting how is just how much work was being done all across the world, you know, and everyone. Yeah. So right. I feel like we're in a similar situation now, where I think one of the things that's plaguing everyone is no one knows what to do. Yeah. Yeah, we're all talking about what we could possibly do or not do or scenarioing it out. But since we don't have any kind of date, we don't quite know when yeah. or what to do yet. Yes, exactly. So a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now is just planning multiple different paths. Either shoots are pushing out further and we're just sort of saying, mm-hmm. well, if we're, let's say something's pushing out until August, I'll just use that as a date. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what the world will be like then. We don't know if we'll be able to be in a situation where we can have more than 20 people in a room at the same time. You know, so... concept what does that look like if we only have 10 to 20 people or do we go in a whole different area where we don't need people at all except for a voiceover do we do something with animation or things like that so it's um that's the big thing as a producer we have to sort of think about as an agency producer it's like thinking about the project in multiple different ways and presenting those options and following those options through as opposed to you know, going back a few months, it was like you sort of picked a lane early and sort of went down that lane. <laughs> you know? yeah. Of course. Yeah, you know. yeah. And advising, because I'm sure clients want to hear your thoughts on how you can help them or what you're going, like, how can we do something? And, yeah. you know, by August, having us as humans may be tired of seeing, you know, animation and we want to yeah. see some real connections, right? Yeah. So totally. Not having those answers is rare for us because producers have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think you're, I think you're uh, seeing things already where there's a lot of self filming going on. Yeah, it's funny. It crosses my mind every day: is how do we make self filming look great? Like, do we have to send everybody lenses for their phones? You know, <laughs> you know do we send everybody yeah. a three point lighting kit with some instructions, like a diagram? Mm-hmm. I actually had these conversations. There was yeah. a possibility of doing something like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's problem solving. You know. Going yeah. back to the party planet, how do we throw this party? How do right, we throw a, this party? In a safe, in a safe <laughs> environment yeah, exactly. where where yeah. everybody gets what they want. So, exactly. I mean, exactly. it's kind of... <laughs> I, I should laugh about so, it. It's true, it's true, you know? But. No, I mean, it's not that you're laughing about it, said that there's nothing we can do. So all we can yeah. do is talk about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I, you know, I think we're just in that mode, I think, personally, as a, as a business owner and a, somebody who does like doing this. I love trying to figure out new ways to do things. And this is definitely affording the time to do that. You know, I don't think I'm coming up with anything yet that's going to radically change the world of cinema. But, you know, so that, I spend a lot of time just sort of, you know, thinking about that. The interesting thing about what's happening right now is 
you know, as a producer and my background, which I came from a very different time in advertising, like the 90s yes. was like a very oh, yeah. distinct time in advertising. The yeah. thousands mm-hmm. were very distinct time in advertising. Oh, so and I always knew even back then that I think creative people's best thinking is not being locked in an office. And so working from home huh. is not a new thing for me. Yeah. So that's, I'm not experiencing that for the first time, but that's a good thing. I think we can actually come up with a really great ideas and concepts within the confines that we're in right now. It's hard to relate my belief system mm-hmm. to creativity. It's hard to go on a tangent right now. I believe that really good creative has many confines to it. Look at mm-hmm. look at music by Bach. <laughs> great example of that. We still know his music okay. to this day. And that that right. was writing under a religious regime that was very strict, a chord progression that was very yeah. restricted, and instrumentation that was very restricted. Yet out of that came music we right. to do many years later, you know. So uh, I feel like with filmmaking, it can be the same thing. And I've always felt that, actually. I always felt like having everything at your fingertips doesn't necessarily bring the best piece out to the world. Innovation is born out of necessity, right? Yeah, so, yeah, you, you're, you know, you, you put specific confines on somebody and you have to get creative. That's when some people do their best work. Exactly. So maybe that, you know, we might see some beauty come out of this in terms of that. Yeah. It sounds like you've actively been having conversations with some agencies and some clients, are you? Yes. Yeah. Agencies, <laughs> clients, production companies, like every day, I think it's filled with at least two or three conversations around, you know, really? either what's happening, what we think could happen. Like we talked about earlier, everything from, you know, how could we film something as it yep. starts to unfold mm-hmm. to... What are the implications? What are the risk implications that we're going to run into in filming or, you know, in the future, yeah. the next even two years? Even right. if we do have a b- ability to have put a crew together, what will that crew be required to provide? I.e., like whether it's your immunization record, dare I say, right. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. where have you been? You know, that kind of your travel history. Yeah. yeah. And um, insurance is going to shift everywhere. Oh, yeah. And risk management is going to be a big, big part of it. I think if I were to talk about clients, for the most part, their head is in the risk management mindset. Mm -hmm. Anything, Mm -hmm. I think, in the creative side of it, it's more like, how do we get it done? Granted, there's risk and they know that, but it's like, how do we do something? You know, so it's, it's kind of all over the map. But I feel like we're in the midst of it. And every week, my conversations shift slightly. Yes. I think... In the near future, regardless of what happens, things will start to unfold, I think, in ways. Yeah. People will want to do things. I mean, everybody's watching TV now, dare I say that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, it yeah. is. Well, Lawrence finished Netflix last week. Exactly. Sorry, I keep telling on you, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I finished Netflix. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> He's moved on to Amazon. So I'm fascinated and I I want to know how insurance is going to how production insurance is going to react to this moving forward or agency insurance. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I, I think that and this, this will take some time to figure out, but I wouldn't be surprised if workman's comp goes up a lot. Yes. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, you know, and that, that'll sick be pay. Yeah, thing, you know. I don't know how the it, shoot insurance are really going to go and what they will and won't cover. That's going to be a right. Mm-hmm. I have a really good friend of mine who works for one of the big insurance companies, not in production, but in just general. And right. I, I idly hear all the time, the shifts that are happening there. He'll talk openly about his calls. And so I think I'm thinking to myself like, Oh my God, are we going to be dealing with the fact that our production insurance could quadruple in price? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think so. so. You know, I hate to say that, but it's like, you know, we couldn't face that, you know, I'm sure we're going to see an increase of something. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. We also, um, we've pay. been talking about it. We also think sick pay is going to be a thing and it's going to be pat. I mean, as it should, Yeah. but it should be just something that is built into a budget moving forward. Yes. Yeah. And we'll figure out how to do it, but you know, we want everybody to be safe. So if you're feeling sick, you should stay home. Yes. The incentive to stay home is that you don't get penalized by not working. Right. Right. Exactly. So we, we talked about 9-11. That was only a few weeks of us being down and then coming out of it. I mean, I, I was down for a considerable amount of time. You know, it's the first thing I thought about as well. Same thing that happened back then. We got shut down and then we're going to be back. But obviously, this is a different situation because we're not going to go back immediately. It's like the mm-hmm. switch just isn't going to come on. And OK, yeah. now we're back. And here's a crew of 85 people in a one bedroom house. Right. That's not going to happen. That's a lot of the conversations I'm having about. So let's say it starts right. to open up and then, I mean, I can see a, another time that we haven't seen in a long, you know, for, for a while, which is, you know, you hire a director and you send them off to shoot the thing. And, yes. you know, you agree to shoot what you're going to shoot. And, you know, you trust them. I mean, I didn't realize when you said fantasy, we were going down a road. <laughs> of like, exactly. um, you know, and if we were rebuilding society. They, then <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have to deliver the goods. Right. And then, yeah. you know, then it's put together and, you know, oh, God forbid, if, you know, in the United States, anyways, if a director edits something, oh, forget about it. Director's <laughs> cut. You know, or puts the first cut together, you know. So then here's a follow up to that is what how the industry evolved. Right. Mm-hmm. And what we were all the type of you know, structure that we were working under up until March, right? Do you feel that people have gotten used to that, meaning clients and, you know, agency folks? Do you think there's a space to allow for the change? Or do you think that we're going to be like required as production people to try our very best to do it exactly the way that it was before, which I don't think we're willing to do, but I'm just asking. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think we're willing or able to do it the way we did it before. You know? No, exactly. No, okay. Future. I'm not saying 10 yeah. years from now, there aren't certain productions that are mirror what's been happening, but right. you can see sure. like for the probably next few years, you know, dare I say that, that it'll be a, just a very different mm-hmm. kind of approach to it. You know, and to to achieve the same things that we've been getting, just done in a slightly different way. Instead of maybe pulling, like you were saying, uh, fifty people to a, a a one bedroom house, maybe we yeah you know, we you know we send small crews somewhere to pick up the actors in various locations, yeah, yeah, yeah. making a smaller, more nimble crew and not involving so many people at once. I wonder in this you know fantasy that I'm talking about, not just the agencies having to change their mind on it, but also the production companies having to change their mind. And not just production companies, the unions that were involved with having to change their things on it. That's going to be the big Uh thing as well. So I think you have this dichotomy of an agency who's trying to survive. You have a union that's trying to survive and how will they Uh come together and respect each other and then move it forward. I've seen the industry since 2008, Uh right? So after the financial crash and then come back, I've seen the industry start to work around unions more and more Uh only from a a monetary standpoint of necessity, right? And I don't, and again, this fantasy land, everyone, (laughs) I could, I could definitely see, unfortunately, the, we will all have to work together or somebody will, or we will move on without. Yes. Because that's just kind of what, you know, and I think that there's a lot of productions, a lot of us who feel that we need to be firm or else it will slip into a situation where it's not sustainable again. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, fundamentally, they say on the news and everywhere else, but like we have to come together basically and, and talk about how we move forward. 
Well, do you have any words of advice for crew members, you know, directors, filmmakers, anybody out there of what, you know, like uh, the creative side now. Of is, uh, you know, sure. if I were on the creative side of it, I'd be just figuring out new ways to dream. Yeah, right. But, you know, how do we tell stories in this in this thing or what's interesting stories or mm-hmm. on the creative side, on a crew side? Um, and I know it's going to be tough, but that crew is going to be really needed in the next within the next year. And it's just going to take some time to get there, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's almost like the restaurants, like how are they going to come back and how are production going to come back? It's going to come back. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you have to be sort of, I hate to say it patient. It will come back. And the way you work might be different, you know, like yeah. maybe you're, you're working remotely in some way. You, how we hire PAs may change, right? You know, how we, you know, but the, the need will be there, you know? I also think, and I've been thinking about this a lot, like uh, the three of us will know because I've been around for a while, but maybe allowing art department to go build that set alone for maybe a couple of more days than it would have taken before yeah. because there's less people. Yeah. And then mm. those people leave and then we start the grip and lighting crew. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a more spaced out way with less people, but you're still paying the same because they're multiple days. Yes, exactly. Stuff like that yeah. seems to be been tickling my mind. So yeah, it's going to come back, but we need to do it very thoughtfully. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that's mm-hmm. happened, of course, technology has done it to us. Everything has been at such a breakneck speed. You know, yeah, I know. Uh, yes. You know, maybe this will go back a little bit where it's like, oh, this is going to take a little time yeah. as it maybe should, you know, right. and be more thoughtful yeah. about, about it. What I do see happening and it happened during, uh, you know, 9-11 as well, is that when we do get to the other side of this, every corporation is going to want to advertise. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> so, so I know. If I were to say yes. a, a, the reality of what's going to happen to us, I think in some ways it's going to be so much stuff happening that it's going to be overwhelming. My busiest, yeah. I mean, I was always busy in the nineties, but like it went really nuts after, you know, after nine 11. Really? And I had a like oh, yeah. nonstop run. 2000, you know, late 2001, 2002, 2003, which it was, mm-hmm. it was a total burden, mm-hmm. you know? So I see this similar thing happening where all of a sudden it's going to be like, wow, like it's going to be, you know, a big rush to get a bunch of stuff out, not just in our industry, but in every industry, you know? Mm-hmm. To be honest. Yeah. I also, also think we may find that certain parts of the country will open before other parts of the country. And I think we as producers and whatnot have to be open to the fact Mm-hmm. That we may have to film in those places, yes, and yes. not be afraid of them. Hundred percent. You know, I I remember having. I, I don't know why this story I feel is relevant to this, but it probably isn't. But I'll just say it anyway. <laughs> um, but I remember Do distinctly it. doing a commercial right after nine eleven, and we were going to be the first ones from the agency to step to go to LA, and there was a massive panic around going to. LA. <laughs> what? And That's about awesome. was, should we drive across country? train across country yeah. or fly across country, yeah. right? And oh, wow. honestly, I, I hate to say this, you know, but it was like, you know, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm driving across country. I'm getting on that goddamn plane. <laughs> you know, you had, I remember. you had to face the fear of, you, you just had to do it. And I think we're going to be in that situation again. It's going to get to a point like, we just have to figure this out and do it. So what if we have to shoot in wherever, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Iowa, I don't, right. I don't care. Right. Like, it's just... We just have to figure it out, you know, and what do we have to do to do that? And how do we do that safely? I definitely see that happening. We're just going to be open and flexible as producers and production crew are. Yeah, exactly. To what it's going to look like and what's going to be required to execute what we do. Yeah. I I also want to say this in this time to people 
and in not just our business, but every business is in what's happening around us. We are left holed up in our apartments or our homes, right? <laughs> yeah. Really good time to get yourself organized, you know, and that how that's going to help in the future when it does all come flooding back, mm-hmm. like getting quote unquote your house in order, right? And it, yeah. when you personally get yourself in order, you're helping your business too. Right. I think a, a lot of production people should should think about that, or anybody you know who is sitting at home, like what do I do? It's like I think maybe focus on the things, even if they're mundane, the things you can do for yourself at home, you know, mm-hmm. to help organize yourself mm-hmm. because this mm-hmm. time will change. It's one thing that I have been doing uh is i i organized my emails and in organizing my emails <laughs> i discovered all the people oh. that i could reach out to and it was like yes oh my god this person or that person i saw then or this person i worked with there like just yeah. sort of going through memory yeah that memory lane yes. and it was kind of hilarious to do that and then I, you know i writing a list of like oh here's all the people that i should reach out to just to say hello i haven't seen them in forever and see how they're doing you know and yeah and, and in doing that for me personally i've realized we're all in the same boat, so we're all going to get out on the same boat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. I can't think of a time when I would ever do that unless no. I, I would never sit down and say, guess what I'm going to do today is organize, my, organize my email. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Take the time to do the things that you've put off. Yeah. Because we yeah. are a freelancer or busy people. I mean, I think that's a great advice. Yeah, yeah, totally. Auntie, I have one more question for you. What are you looking for? And this kind of brings us back to a personal check-in. What are you personally looking forward to when all this is over? And I know it's going to be over in stages, but when we can go back out and be together, and it could be something as simple as your favorite martini <laughs> at a bar <laughs> or world peace. Um, I don't know. What are you, what are you looking uh, forward to? Uh, well, okay. Uh, I'm going to relate it to the 9-11 thing. Uh, what happened at 9-11 for, I think, people who were in this city, and for me, I shouldn't say for everybody, mm-hmm. there was such an incredible time in the city at that point to bring back the city. And so now yes. we're going to be in such an incredible time to bring back not only the United States, but the world. And it's going to be an incredible yes. time to experience the world in the, this new way. Everything from, I can't wait to sit at that bar at Gramercy Tavern. Or I can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to fly to Paris. You know, go to London or go wherever it may be or go to L.A. And um, uh, it's going to take a long time for this stuff to come back. And if you have the opportunity to experience the world because of this job and this job provides, you know, things like travel and things like that, that, you know, that, you know, whatever, you should yeah. take advantage of yeah. that and use that. Absolutely. I hate to say this, but the first time I stayed at the Chateau Marmont was after 9-11 and it was because it was available to stay in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right. You know, so if I have to come back to LA, that's probably gonna be the first place I call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll meet you there by the pool yeah. at happy hour. Exactly. And we can have a toast. Yeah, exactly. 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 So that's what I would say to everybody. When this world opens up, experience it, you know. Wow. Andy, thank you so much for spending some time oh, with us. Oh, thank you today. so much. This was great. Okay, so thank you. Thank you. Well, hopefully we'll talk soon. I'm oh, what a guy. I holy smokes. Like if 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 they could all be like Andy. <laughs> yeah, they could all be like Andy. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had the I've had the good fortune of producing a job with Andy. And oh, nice. It, it was it was crazy. It was chaotic. It was frenetic. But him and his giggly laugh. He remained positive. Just remaining positive and, and being a partner. Helping me problem solve, me helping him problem solve. It was just, it was really lovely. And uh, he's taking that approach to this whole situation. He's trying to problem solve. He's trying to create options for agencies, options for production companies. 
It's great. No, he's definitely walking the walk, as they say. You know, he's yeah. applying his, you know, personality and his own optimism to what we're doing. And he's not shoving it down our throats, which I no. love. Like, he is just who he is, and he's positive and amazing. And, um, you know, just we'll get through this. Yep. I love it. Be patient. And because it's going to come back, and it's going to come back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. It's just going to look different. It's going to look different. Take the time to get yourself in order. And my favorite thing he said was figure out new ways to dream. I know. I almost, I, I got a little bit. Uh, I definitely got the goosebumps. <laughs> all the hair stood up on all my arms. I know. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks to Andy Wilcox Thank from you, Evidence Andy. of Industry for joining us today. Tomorrow, yeah. who do we have, Christian? So tomorrow we have, oh, we have Michael, Michael Litwack. He's a director that I have worked with before. He yes. does comedy. I, I want to dive into how he's been keeping busy yes, in the um, great pause. In the great pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for today. Stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and please, please stay home. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, and please wear a mask if you leave the house. It is very important that we all try to protect each other from each other. Yes, and be sure to send us your voice recordings or emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Share your story. It will resonate with somebody, and it will help us all feel a little bit closer right now. Yes. Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? Two websites, lawrencetlewis.com and voiceoflawrence.com for voiceover work. Christian, how about you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. There's going to be an update soon. <laughs> get it up. As Andy said, now is the time to get your stuff in now, order. Uh, I know he gave uh-huh. me so much. As, my, as positive as he was, my own anxiety started to like rear its <laughs> ugly head. <laughs> anyway, get bye everyone. It. All right, bye.